Well, we know one thing for sure. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no way that any Christian should be paralyzed by fear in this day, in this hour. We live in a world, quite frankly, that is sort of crazy. With a lot of crazy people. And a lot of crazy things happen. Even to good people. I want to talk to you this morning how that you can live safely in an unsafe world. You can live safely in an unsafe world. If you will just apply these basic four principles that I'm going to share with you today, you can be the safest of the safe. The Bible says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For you only cause me to dwell in safety. Amen? Safe from what? Safe from accidents? Safe from terrorism? Safe from chemical warfare? Safe from the strife of people's words? There is a safe place in Him. There is not a place of safety in the world. The world does not offer us safety. Only He can keep you safe in an unsafe world. That means secure. That means at peace. That means that no accident will overtake you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. What that means for your babies when they go to school, you don't have to be worried about some major situation happening in their grade school, in their junior high, or in their high school. Because you are applying the principles found in God's word that will not only keep you safe, but keep your baby safe. In Psalms 91, the first principle is found in verse 1. I want you to turn there with me if you would. And I want us to look at the amplified version. In Psalms 91. Psalms 91 verse 1 in the King James Version says, He that dwelleth. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Most High there is El Elyon. He is the Most High. And He, as you dwell in that secret place, you will remain stable and fixed under the shadow of El Shaddai. The word Almighty is El Shaddai. El Shaddai is more than enough for you. El Shaddai has more than enough protection for you. Under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I want to encourage you to be a dweller in the presence of God. I want to encourage you to dwell and to lodge And to stay close to him. Stay in his word. Stay in his presence. And you will live safely in an unsafe world. The Bible says in John 15. It says if you will dwell in me. I'll dwell in you. 
and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Say this with me. I am dwelling in him and he is dwelling in me. He will keep you under his wings. He will hover over you with his protection. If you will simply live in the secret place. This secret place of his presence is a place that is inaccessible to your enemy. Your enemy cannot touch you when you are saturated in the presence of God. It is if it is as if a shield of protection surrounds those who live in his presence. You see, because when you live in his presence, you'll hear from him. And when you hear from him, he will lead you and he will guide you into all of the truth. How many of you know the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you can give you a warning? He can give you a witness not to go that way home. He can give you a witness in your spirit or, if you will, a check in your heart. Don't enter into that relationship. That's a relationship that can hurt you. That's a relationship that can harm you. He can show you by his spirit, his perfect will for your life. Listen, friends, there's a lot of things that would not have happened that did happen to even spirit-filled Christians if they would have tuned in and lived under the shadow of El Shaddai. You know, sometimes we think because we're men and women of faith, we can just believe in our heart and say with our mouths, and it shall be. Well, it shall be according to the will of God and the plan of God. But you cannot use your faith and override what you have in your heart. There's a lot of people in relationships today that have been hurt by poor relationships. Had they lived in the secret place of the Most High, they wouldn't be going through the pain and the hurts that they're experiencing today. But the good news is this. Wherever you've been and whatever your experience has been, the secret place is still available to you. The secret place of El Shaddai is available to you. And God is saying to you, come to me, live in my presence, live in my word, and let me lift you out of those places of harm and danger. Amen. Hallelujah. So be a dweller. And you know, dwelling in his secret place isn't something that's real. Dwelling in the secret place is not, you know, having your eyes kind of fluttering and living about five feet off the ground, all foggy headed. No, it's simply coming to the word. It's simply living a life of prayer. So say it with me, I'm dwelling in the secret place. Now, while you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, you ought to be saying some things. It seems like something ought to be said. (laughs) Let the redeemed of the Lord 
say so. He didn't say, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I want you to notice verse 2, right on through verse 11. And you stay with me up there in the booth. In verse 2 of Psalm 91 in the Amplified Version, again verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The King James says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, He is my fortress, my God in Him I trust. Now let's pull verse 2 up from the Amplified. Ready, read, go ahead. Now notice there's something that the psalmist said. He said, I will say. I get my will involved with the words that I speak. The spirit of faith is expressed by what one believes in his or her heart and what they say with their mouths. And so the second principle that will keep you safe in an unsafe world is say what God's word says about you. Become familiar with what the B-I-B-I-L-E says about you. He said, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. You're my fortress. You're my God. And I'm leaning And I'm dwelling and I'm trusting completely upon you. You see, whatever he has said about you, you can boldly say it. I want to encourage you to become familiar with what God's word says concerning your life. Some things that he said concerning our lives are so awesome. I like what Reverend George was talking about. I'm his favorite. Well, we're all his favorites, but we also are his workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus. We're his creations. The Bible says that we are fearfully and that we are wonderfully made. Friends, God don't make no junk. There's no junk in this house today. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. Now notice the progression of what happens as a result of what he said. Notice with me verse 3 through verse 11. I'm going to read that. Verses 3 through verse 11. For then, as a result of me dwelling, as a result of me declaring, for then he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. R.W. Shambach said, the devil's called a fowler because he's always trying to foul things up. And from the deadly pestilence, verse 4. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. Somebody says, well, I'm safe. I've got an alarm system. I'm safe. I've got 15 insurance policies. 
nothing wrong with having an alarm system. Nothing wrong with having insurance policies. But if your trust and your confidence is in those things, you're falling way short of God's protection on your life. Scripture says, He will cover you with His pinions. Under His wings you'll trust and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness are a shield and a buckler to me. You know God is faithful? He is faithful. He's not brought you this far to let you down. The faithfulness of God is such a great truth found in the Word of God. God will bring you through. Notice with me in the next verse, verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night. No fear of terrorism, right? No fear of the dark. Nor of the arrow, the evil plots, and slanders of the wicked that fly by day. Now, how many of you know the enemy plots? The enemy plans. But God's plans trump the enemy's plans. God's plans for you are greater than the enemy's plans for you. And so you want to get your mouth in motion. I like that. Get your mouth in motion. That's like the old song, get your motor running. Get your mouth in motion. Say what God's word says. Say, thank God I'm not afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow or the evil plots and the slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Verse 6. Nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lays waste at noonday. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand. This has got to be your attitude. But it, it'll not come near me. Well, now, wait a minute now. You just never know. You know, the Bible says there is an appointed time for every man to die. And you just never know when God's going to pull the plug. That's according to religion. That's not according to the word of God. Why would he say with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation if he was just going to pull the plug and you just never know what God's going to do? No, you know what God's going to do. He's going to do exactly what he said he'd do in his word. Well, now, Pastor Mark, you just never know. You know, Uncle Harry had heart problems. And you know, on your mother's side, they all died of cancer and you just never know. Just live as long as you can, but you just never know when cancer might hit you. That's not the way that God wants you to live. He does not want you to live under some threat of some crazy family tree. One person said it like this. All their family tree ever produced was a bunch of nuts. No, I'm not calling your family crazy and I'm not calling your family nuts. But what I'm saying is the father and his family and in the father's family, there is no cancer. In the father's family, there's life, there's health, there's abundance, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. In the father's family, there is joy. Hallelujah. So I'm not going to live under that cloud. Your daddy had this, and your daddy had this, and your mama had this, and your 
my father, my heavenly father is awesome. And so don't live under that fear. You see, Satan will try to sell you a bill of goods. If he can get you to take that bait, that bait of fear. Well, you know, there were a lot of alcoholics on this side of the family. There were a lot of drug addicts. And you know, you just could be that way. Well, no, we're not going to be that way. We're going to go God's way. I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Now notice with the next verse. In verse 8. Only a spectator shall you be. Yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. As you witness the reward of the wicked. Only a spectator shall you be. Why? Because you're inaccessible. Inaccessible. Can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. Excuse me. That must have been the flesh. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Inaccessible. Can't touch this. This is why, man, you're pretty cocky, Pastor. No, I'm not cocky. Boasting is excluded. And you know what it is excluded by? Boasting is excluded by the law of faith. If you will cooperate with the laws in God's word, the law of faith, it excludes all boasting. You're not cocky because you believe the word. That's just the devil. Oh, you, you shouldn't be saying all those things. You shouldn't be declaring all those things. Who do you suppose is behind that lie? Quite frankly, the enemy does not want you to open your mouth. Because he knows when you open your mouth with the word of God, it's full of good things. It's full of God things. And it's full of manifestation for your life. The same spirit that will tell you not to speak God's word and not to speak up because, you know, you're just cocky, is the same spirit that will tell you in church not to raise your hands and praise God. He hates praise. He absolutely hates worship. He hates it when the people of God come together and lift up their voice and rejoice in the Lord. So notice with me in the next verse. In verse 9 it says, Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High, your what? Say dwelling place three times. A dwelling place is not a drop-by place. A dwelling place is not a casual place. A dwelling place is where you live. Amen? Because you've done that. You've made him the most high, your habitation. Read verse 10 with me. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague or calamity come near your tent. Man, that's shouting ground right there. 
Verse 11, look at this now. Verse 11. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Now notice these phrases. Accompany, defend, and preserve. Say that with me. He accompanies me. He defends me. He preserves me. He's given his angels charge over me. Now, you know what that means? That wherever you go, there's at least one angel accompanying you. One of mine's right over there. If our eyes could be open today, we would see a big, huge auditorium full of angels. There's no demons in this place. This is a demon-free zone. Now, he might be waiting in your car for you. (laughs) But after this message, (laughs) we're going to put that jerk on the run. Amen. And you kick him right out of your car. (laughs) Or he may even be waiting on the couch at home with a beer in his hand. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not sure what to do about that other than just pray hard. <laughs> believe God and exercise your authority. But I like that. I just saw that as I was looking at that. Accompanies, he defends, and he preserves you. He accompanies us. My wife accompanied me to church. That means she came right along with me. Your angels are here today. They came right along with you. Now, not only they go with you, but they're also assigned to work on your behalf. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are heirs of salvation? Not to them, but for them. And one of the things that they do for us is they will defend us. They will protect us. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. No wonder we can say no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Why? He's given his angels charge over us to defend us. Only eternity will tell how many times those angels have protected you from accidents. Amen. Only eternity will tell how many times those angels went to work on your behalf and brought things to you that you could never bring to yourself. Now listen, demons and evil spirits can influence people, right? Well, if demons and, and evil spirits can influence people, angels can influence people. If demons and evil spirits can influence people to do wrong and to do evil, ministering spirits, the angels of the Lord, can influence people to do good. Are you listening to me? The angels, I'm confessing, they are working. They're working. And you know what they're doing? They're preserving you. They're protecting you. 
They're accompanying you. And I believe this, that in the realm of the spirit, angelic forces are working on your behalf right now, arranging the blessing and the favor and the opportunities that are heaven sent to come your way. You need to believe that. You need to believe that there are unseen forces working for you on your behalf. The Bible says that they will accompany us. That they will defend us. And that they will preserve us. You know, there's a scripture in, in Psalms 103 that says this. Talks about all the benefits of the Lord. And we're going to have communion in a few minutes. Talks about the benefits of the Lord. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know the scripture? Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And then he goes on to say, who redeems your life from destruction. I am sure when I was a senior in high school on that good Friday back in 1968, that God sent his angels to preserve my life. I'm sure of it. We were driving down a road at about 100 miles an hour. My friend was very upset with his girlfriend. And he had drank about a pint of Bacardi rum and he was drunk. And he went by my street, 49th and Bryant Avenue, South Minneapolis. And he kept going through stop signs. And we got down to about 47th and he went through another stop sign. And then we got down to 46th and Bryant and he went through another stop sign, but there was a car going right through the intersection at the same time. He took a sharp right and we went in the front door of a building and leveled a brick building. We were in a convertible Corvair and I was riding shotgun. That car ended up upside down, upside down. And all four of us, three out of four, walked away from that accident. One of my friends broke his pelvic bone. But I know for one thing that there's been assignments on my life. From the time I was a little boy. When I was a little boy, I almost drowned. I was in what they call a drop-off. And a drop-off is where you get into a hole in a lake. And it starts kind of a whirlpool effect on it. And you go up and down and up and down. My aunt pulled me out of the drop-off. God protected me right in the midst of a building completely being leveled. The man was working on his car at the gas station across the street. It was about 1.15 a.m. And he called the police and he said, I think a small jet just hilt the building next to us. He preserves your life from destruction. Now, I was not born again at that time, but I know that God saw the end from the beginning. And listen, it's not because I'm so special, but the hand of God is upon me. But the hand of the Lord is no more upon me than it is upon you. 
And if we took testimonies today, we could hear of testimonies of life after life after life that God has defended and God has preserved. Well, listen, if he's brought us this far, don't you know that his hand is going to still be upon us strong in the last of the last days? I don't believe that we ought to be paralyzed in fear in this hour and this day. We should not be afraid to get on a jet. Because a jet crashed. We should not be afraid to go for a walk. Because someone got attacked. We must live our life under the blood. Under the secret place of the Most High. And let God be God in our life. <coughs> See, some of your angels have been sitting around your home like this. Going, hmm, 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 hmm. When are they going to give me something to do? I wish they'd turn the edge of night off. Mm. But when you speak the word, the angels of the Lord hearken to the voice of his word. And you are the voice of his word in the earth. Next verse. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany, defend, preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Now this is the third one. Number one is I will dwell. Number two is I will say. And number three is I will tread. What this is saying to us is we are not going to let demons and devils and evil spirits walk over us anymore. But we are going to walk on top of the circumstances because when God raised Jesus from the dead, He literally put all things under His feet. And the Scripture says that He raised you up together with Him. And He made you sit together with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Stop putting up with demonic forces tormenting your soul. Stop putting up with those things that the enemy has brought into your life. Rise up in the name of Jesus and start walking on top of circumstances. Start walking on top of poverty and lack. Yeah, well... You know what? My mama was poor. My daddy was poor. The curse has been broken. Christ redeemed you from the curse of the law. Say it with me. I will tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Hallelujah. So, I had a question for you today. Did God give you dominion? Has God given you authority? What are you doing with it? Has God given you keys? Let's take the keys of the kingdom and let's operate in faith and let's walk on top of circumstances and circumstances. Lastly, I want you to turn over to verses 14 to verse 16. I will dwell. I will say. I will tread. And then lastly, is found in verses 14 to verse 16. Because 
He has set. Say it with me. I will set. Set what? Because he has set his love upon me. Let's stop right there. Because he's set his love. Have you set your love on him? A lot of times, you know, we talk about how much we love God. And yet we're not doing what he said. You know, in John 14, he says, The person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Do you really love him? Then keep his commandments. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him. And I will show and reveal and manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him. And I will make myself real to him. That's awesome. I will set my love upon him. You do that by loving what he loves. When I set my love upon him, that means my love is not for the world. When I set my love upon him, that means that I am not loving things more than I'm loving him. I like to have things, don't you? Things are a byproduct of loving him. But we don't love the things more than we love God. He told us to set our affection on things above. Not on the things of this earth. You see, when you love him, you're sold out to him. When you love him, you close every door where the enemy has had, had access in the past in your life. When you love him. When you reverence Him, when you honor Him, you really don't yield to evil anymore because you're yielded to Him. In Philippians chapter 3, I love what Paul said. He said that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. He said, I'm not pressing toward the spirit of this age. I'm pressing toward the mark. Of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, this is not a message that is to condemn. This is a message that's to encourage you. And if, you're, if you were really honest with yourself, you would track in your spiritual life. There have been times where you have not been that on fire for God. And I can say that about myself. I know that in my own life, there have been times where the fire has waned a little bit. And that's when you've got to stir those things up. You've got to rekindle the embers. You know, it's important. Something Jesus said about the church of Ephesus. He said, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. He must be our gold. He must be our silver. How many of you know it's time to stop drinking at the fountain of the world? (laughs) And it's time to fellowship with God. You know, some Christians, they just want to take it this close to the edge. You know? How, How much can I do? How much can I get away with? Where's the boundary line? Have you noticed some people just ask a lot of questions? 
Yeah. Is this wrong? Is that wrong? The mere fact that they're asking it's wrong means their conscience is telling them it's not right for them. Amen? Amen. He said, you've left your first love. It's time to get back to your first love. On fire for the Lord. Time to be in fellowship with God. And notice what he says in Psalm 91 verses 14 to 16. He says, because you set your love upon me, therefore I'll deliver you. I'll set you on high because you've known my name. When you call, I'm going to answer you. I'm going to be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and I will even honor you. And then he says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. These are some things that are just simply in the word of God that will keep you safe in an unsafe world. If I could just open up your head and just pour in. This knowledge is revelation to you, I would. But I've been around a long time. And I've seen a lot of tragedy. I've seen things happen to people that did not need to happen. And a lot of times it's a loss of priorities. And so don't let that happen to you. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be magnified in your life. And let his love permeate your very being. And let him keep you safe in an unsafe world. Well, did you get anything out of it today? All right. Let's all stand to our feet.